0: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. These are the first words that Moses writes down just about 3,500 years ago. When Moses wrote these words, it wasn't just Moses writing the history of the people of Israel. It was Moses laying down a foundation of truth and understanding for all the people of this world. These are the first words in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. And as we look at the book of Genesis, we see truths for all people that lay down the foundational truths of the Christian faith. I invite you to join with me for these next six weeks as we look at the first three chapters of Genesis and we see foundations of the Christian faith. First of all, make no mistake, as Moses writes this, this is not simply the words of a man who's trying to compile a bunch of myths and put things together. No, scripture makes very clear. Moses writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit. These are the words of God. And as we look at Genesis this week, we'll see how God reveals himself. That might be kind of striking when you read the first part of Genesis to see how God doesn't begin by trying to reason out why there must be a God. No, Scripture takes that assumption for granted. Because of the creation of God, it says we can look around and everyone knows there is a powerful, wise God. In fact, the Scriptures say, the fool says in his heart there is no God. And so as Genesis begins, it just takes for granted that we all know there is a God because we can see his creation. Really, the, the question that we should be asking is not how do we know if there is a God, but rather what is that God like? And that's what Genesis sets out to do from the very beginning explain for us God's being, his very essence. When Moses begins, though, he doesn't list the divine characteristics of God. He doesn't begin to show us all the attributes of God all at once. No, he helps us to see who God is through God's working. And so as we look in the book of Genesis, we see God revealing himself through his word and by his works. As you look at Genesis, it's not some haphazard arrangement that some man put together. It's not some collection of mere myths. It's an orderly account that shows us an orderly God who makes his plans for this world and it shows us how he carries out those plans according to his design. We see in Genesis the first six days of this world are arranged in two groups of three days. God begins by the creation of really matter and there's darkness and light And then corresponding to day one, you also have day four, the things that now regulate darkness and light, the planets and the stars. And then on day two, it reveals God separating the sky with the water above and below and the sea. And also corresponding on day five, in the second group, you see him filling the sky and the sea with life. And on day three, God separates the water and the land and creates plants and vegetation. And then he, correspondingly on day six, fills the land with living creatures. All this God does, and finally he creates man and woman. We'll look at that more next week. And as God evaluates all the work that he has done, it says God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God's perfect creation had been set in order. God had done it all in six ordinary days. No one needs to doubt that. And when it's all finished, just to make sure it's clear, God has finished his work of creation, it says God rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done because God had completed his work of creation. As you look at this account of God's ordering this world and putting together, people still are marveling at the wisdom and knowledge of God as he put this world in order. People will see and theoretical physicists will study matter and nature and try to figure out how all things came to be and how they hold together. And this much we know, our God is powerful and our God is wise to have created such a world. But there's more that's revealed in the book of Genesis than simply God's infinite wisdom that's far beyond understanding and God's power that's far beyond our comprehension. God also reveals himself. There's a mystery that's also beyond our comprehension and understanding in the very being, essence of who God is. God is one. And yet it reveals, even here from the very start, God is also three distinct persons, three in one. Did you catch that? As as you read through the the first three verses of the Bible, the first three times that the word Elohim, God, comes up, it conveys this truth that we've termed the Trinity. And yes, the, the Trinity, I know, is not found on the pages of Scripture, but it does capture what is taught from the first pages of Scripture to the very last, the mysterious nature and being of God. In the beginning, God created God the Father generally credited with being behind the creation of this world and his power and his plan. And then verse 2, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The world was formless and empty. Darkness was over the the surface of the deep. But God the Father had a plan. And God the Spirit was also active in carrying out his plan for that world so that what was empty formless and dark and covered with water was regulated by land and light and by his created order. God the Holy Spirit is God, does only what God can do, and was also active in creation. A distinct person from the Father, but with the Father, one God. And then God spoke, verse 3. God said, let there be light, and there was light. The Apostle John reveals, as he echoes the words of Genesis, that there, even at the beginning, with God the Father and God the Spirit, was also active in creation, God the Son. As John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Jesus, the Son of God, was also active in creation. And through him, the spoken word, everything, came into being. Jesus, distinct from the Father and the Spirit, is also one with them as one God. The Father and the Spirit and the Son are not one and the same, they are different persons. But in the mystery that we cannot fully comprehend, they are one God. The Son acting, the Son creating all of them worthy of divine honor, all of them doing things that only God can do. And Moses only reveals that God was there from the beginning, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, before the beginning of time and at the very beginning, from eternity, one God. Now, as people look at the doctrine and the teaching of the Trinity, they they struggle with it. Say, how can this be, some might ask. God's very being, and his essence, is beyond our understanding. But should that surprise us? After all, there are many other things here in the book of Genesis that human understanding rejects. Not because God is not clear, not because God does not make himself known to us, or God is in any way irrational. He is super rational. That is, he's beyond human comprehension and understanding. The Genesis account shows us that people will reject God's revelation no matter how much they try to understand. Humid reasoning, fallen, corrupted human reasoning will distort the truth of scriptures and turn aside from what God has revealed. After all, how many people look at the very clear account where it says, in six days, when there's morning and evening and an ordinal number, one through six, and compares it to a week later on. How many people don't take that and say, well, it, it must involve many more days or perhaps millions of years? When scripture makes clear in the course of six days, God completed his creation. And human reason tries to help God along. when, yes, we can see microevolution, that is, changing within kinds and variants within kinds due to God's wisdom. But they try to, to throw on also macroevolution that is changing beyond kinds in order to make what we see now as some gradual process of perfection. God's word is clear. We may not understand how God did it all and said everything so perfectly and blessed this world and we still see it the way it, it is blessed today by his order. But God did it and human, human reasoning rejects it. Or human reasoning might look at the creation account and say, well, this is the way it's described, but it's probably just a myth or just a a compilation, but God, by his infinite wisdom, revealed for us his working. And he's also revealed for us his nature. Just as the, the fool says there is no God, the fool also says I can understand and comprehend the essence and the working of God. When we begin to think that we can lower God's understanding of himself and the ways of his working to our own limited minds. And we begin to say that this creation account has to make sense to my understanding and God's revelation of himself as three in one has to make sense to my understanding. Then we need the rebuke that God gives Job as he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? And he says with sarcasm, surely you know, for you are already born. Our God is beyond us. But the Genesis account not only reveals to us God's person and God's working, it helps us to understand that He is a God who works on behalf and for the benefit of His creation for us. When God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Spirit work and act, it is for us. He created this world us. As you look through Genesis chapter 1, that, that becomes very clear. And when human reasoning turned aside from God, and it became corrupted and ruined as it turned against its creator, once again, the triune God acted on behalf of his creation, on our behalf. And he He saw how the world was corrupt and destroyed and under a curse. And he knew this from eternity would happen. But God the Father planned to send his son so that the triune God would once again act on behalf of his people, his creation. And God the Holy Spirit opens our hearts and minds. Hearts and minds that are empty and full of darkness because of sin. But God creates there new life. And he does that just as he did in creation by the power of his word. Notice how God acted in creation, revealing that he acts through the creative power of his word. It's that same God who saw the dark hearts that had been corrupted by sin and which were empty and full of darkness that let the light of the gospel shine on us. The Apostle Paul says the the same God who said, let light shine out of darkness made his light shine on our hearts to see the glory of Christ. It's a mystery. The scriptures say, God is love. And that can only be true if you have the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, loving. And within the Trinity, there is love from eternity. But God, in his infinite wisdom and love, planned this world and planned to invite us into the sphere of his love and so that his creation might not remain in darkness and sin and under a curse, the father planned to send his son and the son took on human flesh and came into this world and there he emptied himself of all his glory and all his light and all his power and he faced the darkness on the cross and he did that for us that we might be set free. And the Holy Spirit came as the Father and the Son sent the Spirit into our hearts to create an understanding of faith and trust in that word. And he created new life where there was once only death and darkness. The triune God acted on our behalf. We see in Genesis a laying down of the foundation of the Christian faith. A God who created this world for us a God who planned and designed in good order what he would do for this world and who carried that out not only in creation but in restoring this world and in the new creation that is to come and who now creates new life in our hearts with forgiveness and as he creates that light in our heart he turns us to repentance and gives us new life by his spirit the triune God Father Son and Holy Spirit is a god of love and who acts by the power of that word and here we see in genesis a laying down of the foundations of the christian faith god the father god the son god the spirit loving us his creation